the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. Tonight, my co-host, Pat Giannetti, can't be with us, so I have three awesome Mickey Dude commentators with me from upstate New York in the Buffalo area. We have Chuck Fitzgerald. This is the first time I've said this in forever. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? And from the Houston, Texas area, we have Jeff Williams. Flash photography? I wouldn't. That alters the homing signal, and that's not good. And from across the pond in the Glasgow area, we have Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. There's pictures to <laughs> yes, prove that. Tonight, that is, this is true. As we were about to record, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck was having trouble getting connected, and he basically said, make sure you are all wearing shirts when you uh, record. So uh, we decided to mess with him, and before we connected, we all took off our shirts and let him... Uh, get that image as we started to record so technically this is my fault this is your fault we had to play around with you it was just the look on your face when you logged on was just priceless it was confusion disgust and (laughs) wasn't a pleasurable sight that's for sure i don't don't know i'm sure there'll be a blog post about it within the next week i may actually come out of retirement and do a blog post how about that sweet here's the thing for me it was for me Seeing me, it's like seeing a work of art because I'm the Michelangelo of my life and the David I'm sculpting is myself. <laughs> so, all right, but now that we left you all with that image, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our topic for tonight. Now, we've all said it, being part of the Disney Twitterverse and online community, we've used the term Thanks Shanghai ad nauseum this entire year. And the reason being that was recently Disney opened up a new resort in Shanghai, China, and it was under budget, and as a result, or I'm sorry, over budget, and as a result, they have seen major cuts around the parks from various kiosks closing to characters not meeting in the United States parks to all sorts of various uh, closures and upping in prices and whenever something doesn't go right in Disney it's common to take a picture tweet it out with the hashtag thanks Shanghai so from there I've decided that maybe we should kind of just expand on this idea and the whole thanks Shanghai thing gave me an idea that very soon we will be celebrating the Chinese New Year which this year is on January 28th I have been down in February during the Chinese New Year and Epcot does a very spectacular uh, day of Chinese culture and a very nice show during the day to kind of uh, to kind of highlight the culture it's something to be experienced if you are around during the uh, Chinese New Year and I figured this year we can have a little bit of fun and kind of just keep with our holiday theme and go with a Chinese New Year show and pretty much talk about, one, the China Pavilion in a new series I'm hoping to create where we discuss the different pavilions of the 
world showcase i.e what we've done in them stuff that we haven't maybe experienced yet that we'd like to experience on on a future trip and also then i figured this would be a great reason to talk about our favorite nighttime spectaculars since all of them involve fireworks which is a chinese invention so it kind of lent itself to the topic so today we are talking about things all chinese in disneyland but first before we do that i'm going to throw out a slap shot to jeff jeff this year is in the chinese zodiac is the year of the rooster so i was wondering what your opinion is which of these two Disney chicken characters are more awesome and why? Hey Hey from Moana or Chicken Little from the movie bearing his name? Oh, there's no no doubt about it. Chicken Little. Chicken Little, uh, you can take the movie for, for what it's worth, but you can't take the, uh, the dumb out of Chicken Little. He's pretty darn smart cookie. <laughs> that being said, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, they tried to actually make Hey Hey a intellectual character, and just kind of at the last minute did a uh, ninety degrees and made him kind of the way he ended up. <laughs> See, I thought Hey Hey was perfect comic relief, but I was surprised that they introduced the pig at the beginning, and then that pig really had no uh, major role in the story. It just kind of seemed superfluous at that. They should have just had Hey Hey right from the beginning. Yeah. It kind of just... There was no reason for that other character. Right. I kind of found Hey Hey to be absolutely hilarious. I, If they start making any Hey Hey plushes or anything, I really don't have room in my apartment for <laughs> any uh, Disney collectibles, but I think I'm going to have to ta- make a, a little bit of a exception and get something hey hey for my house dude I already have a hey hey sum sum so there you go oh that's awesome for those of you who haven't seen moana definitely make sure you go out and see it and pat it's coming to the polynesian soon <laughs> we'll be able to eat with maui and moana in ohana <laughs> don't quote me on that ladies and gentlemen that's just pat's biggest fear he's afraid lilo and stitch will leave in lieu of them meeting at Ohana during the breakfast, I kind of would love to see it. I could see Lilo and Stitch, Moana and Maui, if anything. Or if Maui is too hard of a character, I could see dropping Pluto from there and putting Moana and Mickey as the character offerings there. I think it would be awesome. Gentlemen, with our Chinese theme, we're going to pay a visit now to the China Pavilion in the World Showcase. This one really is a very overlooked pavilion because, yeah, there's an attraction in it, but it's one of the Circle Vision movies that are not really as popular today. It's a very old attraction in that it hasn't been updated. There are some interesting facts about it. It was one of the first times an American film crew was allowed to actually enter China back when um, there were sanctions on it to be able to actually come in and film and make the picture for the attraction. So right there, there is a historical uh, significance to the story. But it also houses a restaurant that really isn't considered 
a must-eat at for most people who really know Disney World. Nine Dragons is one that actually makes people's bottom list of restaurants at times, so I thought we would discuss that and possibly why that would be the case. I know myself and Jeff have experienced it there. And just wondering if any of you guys really kind of take the time to wander around China and um, just look to see what it has to offer. So first, I want to just ask all of you, have, have any of you on your trip really taken some time to just kind of wander through that uh, pavilion? I know that uh, Jeff and Stephen have children, so their priorities might be a little bit more um, centered on attractions and more keeping the children happy, but I wanted to just ask you guys first, and Chuck, uh, right now you are um, touring the parks as a couple, wondering how you actually deal with the China Pavilion. Have you ever taken the time to just stroll through it and kind of just stop to smell the lotus flower? <laughs> Not in the past couple of years. Um, it, it's really just a pass-through for the most part. I mean, if the acrobats are out, we may stop and take a look. But when I was younger, one of the uh, I guess deals that my parents made for us to go to Disney World was we had to stop in all the pavilions and experience some of the culture. So part of that involves seeing the uh, Circle Vision movie, which is Reflections of China. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been quite some time since I've seen it. I doubt that movie's changed, so I really don't see a need to go back and see it, but that's the extent that I have. You mean the movie that Patton hadn't seen? I'm just making sure I'm confirming that. Yes, that is correct, Senator. It's <laughs> okay, Patton has seen most things in Walt Disney World anyway, so just add that to the list. I'm actually wondering <laughs> if he's actually been there. <laughs> YouTube's a wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, had I not actually met him in the flesh last month, I would have kind of just wondered if he actually exists by rumor and maybe that his voice was just computer-generated somewhere. Because <laughs> he's kind of like a myth. <laughs> he's a myth without the legend. Oh, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, especially now since you come from across the pond and you have... Usually a two-week vacation, but considering you don't get there for for a few years at a time, five years at a time, is that the uh, average? I used to go every two years, but it's been 2012 since I've been there the last, so it's, it's creeping up on five years okay. just now. Well, since you have a lot to get done in a... Um, in a relatively short time for the amount of um, crowds that are in Walt Disney World, have you ever really taken the time to kind of just stroll around China, especially with having the children? Initially, yeah. I mean, our first visit, I mean, I think it's like everybody else. Your first visit, you'll try to take in absolutely everything. Uh, so we did the Circle Vision uh, and we wandered around the, the shops in, in China never really saw the acrobats. It wasn't one of our, our tribe priorities, but later on, when we went back with the, with the kids, I mean, you've got the kid court service as well that you go away in and get your your stamp and you say hello to the cast members from uh, China. That's quite good. Uh, and the shop was quite full of, sort of semi-authentic 
you know, Chinese stuff as well. I do think the 360 vision film is really good. I think it, get, it takes a whole lot of aspects of what China actually has given it to the world and obviously what it is as a country. You know, especially it's a sort of travel agent sort of thing. It's trying to sell China to people. And if you've especially with a lot of Americans not even having a passport, you know, and maybe it'll be the only time they actually see things like this, you know, and, and, and immerse themselves within China. But yeah, I mean, I've done quite a lot. Uh, been to the, the Lotus Blossom Cafe. Uh, remember the first time we went there, we, we got our dinner and we're wandering along in a big Pepsi. Uh, or sorry, Coke, and then it just stopped and flew all over the floor and it was drink everywhere and they couldn't have been helpful enough to actually come out and give me another drink and mop it up and make sure I was okay. Uh, so, I mean, even the people within the China Pavilion is really, really helpful and really, really friendly people. Awesome. Jeff, what about you with the girls? Have you had really any time to kind of just take some time and just wander around and just see the sights of the pavilion? Or are you go, go, go when you're in the World Showcase? Well, it's ironic you should say the kids. <laughs> just this last trip, my daughter spent like an hour there shopping. But that being said, I guess she's phased into that shopping mode. <laughs> but Oh, yeah, you have you have a teenager and a teenager. That's right, right, that's right. So, I mean, but... It's interesting. I don't know. It's probably on borrowed time, I'm sure. But the Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, it. Oh yeah, they do have a show. They, they do have. A yeah, game. and you end up, you know, exploring every inch of these, you know, pavilions. And and China has a couple of them actually. A couple of adventures there. I think one of them actually is a climax of the entire thing. But um, so we've spent a lot of time and <laughs> just kind of to- noodled around in, in China, but. No, we love China. It's it's got and believe it or not, the afternoon's probably the best time to to try to go there. It's it's relatively dead. I mean, you can you feel like you have the place to yourself. It's pretty nice. I mean, obviously, if you wait till um, you know illumination is about to start, it's going to be nuts. Um, but no, we, we we love it. We uh, it's it's just one of those things that uh, culturally it's very um, in tune. Um, um, so it's usually up to, updated regularly too. Have you experienced the? Circle Vision movie recently? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the... <laughs> um, you can't sit down, but that being said, um, it is still a phenomenal experience to me. I think that's just a, a really cool way to, to present anything is that, that full 360 view. See, now, I, for one, like the Circle Visions. I try to see at least one of the Epcot movies every time I'm in Disney World and one of the reasons being is if it's hot it's a little break from the day it's air conditioned yeah so you can't sit you can't sit down in China or Canada so I usually end up finding myself in France but I also have a little bit of an affinity towards the French culture because I had to uh, live in France for a summer for uh, work reasons, I was sent there to uh, to learn the history of the religious order that uh, runs my school, and in the process, kind of do a little bit of uh, missionary work with them. So they pretty much uh, gave me an opportunity to live in France for an entire summer. So 
I kind of find myself gravitating towards there because I love the country, but with that said, there is something about the music in China. There are some breathtaking views. There's a full time there's a full section of the Great Wall that is beyond phenomenal. You kind of see the pure majesticness of it. And the last time I actually did it, it was before I was actually going to meet uh, you, Jeff, for the first time. You had texted me. We had plans to uh, eat at Nine Dragons, and you had got there a little earlier than I expected, and I was currently in the movie kind of killing time. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> we ended up meeting in the lobby of Nine Dragons after that. That's cool you got to do that missionary work. What uh, what position would you say they, they gave you in the, doing the missionary work? This was more just kind of, it was learning the history of, well, I work in a Catholic school, so this was a, um, this was learning the history of the brothers that uh, founded the school that I worked for in their order, because it was more of the idea of the uh, fact that nobody's kind of joining the order, and now they're teachers. They're leaving their legacy to their teachers, because they know they're kind of, they're kind of, uh, dying out so it was more of a chance for me to kind of just learn where they came from they they came about in post-revolutionary france and the conditions over there so they started off as a tradesman teaching teaching uh street children how to become silk how to become silk weavers and they ran a series of silk looms so it was basically showing us the whole silk industry and how it turned from that to actual education from there. And then they had some, uh, they did some missionary work with some refugees that they were putting up. So we were kind of just teaching them uh, some uh, conversational English. Well, that's cool. In the process. Yeah. Nine Dragons. I know Jeff and I, we've experienced it. Chuck, Stephen, have you been there? I have not. No. You haven't either? Nope. That's one of these things, but you get relatively good Chinese in Scotland so to actually go to World Showcase I've got so many good eateries there's no point in actually going to the Nine Dragons because it's just really just like having it at home that's pretty much my idea as a New Yorker because I get some decent Chinese food over here and pizza it was one of those restaurants exactly not like uh not like Chicago pizza, uh, which is meh. So, yeah, take that, Tim. <laughs> but Nine Dragons was one of those restaurants that I took uh, forever to actually try. When I heard that uh, Jeff was going to be there at that time, they were kind of uh, we're kind of both traveling at that time on a budget, and they were offering a really nice. Uh, discounted or pretty much a nice combo meal yeah. for a really good price and it was in it was in the observance of the Chinese New Year that they were offering it so we figured you know we've both never tried it at this point and I was with uh, Jeff's family at that time so I got to meet Jeff for the first time and his daughter and wife so we figured you know we might as well just give it a try and I heard all of these reviews about how bad it was. Was it the best Chinese food I've ever had? No, it was not. But honestly, it was it was edible. I had some type of pork bun, and 
a sweet and sour dish that I was kind of, as I was eating it, I kind of said, you know, all right, maybe it's something that you'll get at your local China buffet, but it wasn't not tasty. It was, it was decent. It was good. There are better restaurants in the exactly. world showcase. What was your uh, what was your take on it, Jeff? Well, that yeah, that was our first time as well, and you know, it was an elegant setting. It has this big bank of windows, and that was a big you know, that was a cool draw. You can see outside um, World Showcase, but um, like like you said, Dave, you know, it's it was it was uh, above average. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, maybe if it's in a pinch, you're having a hard time finding a dinner uh, ADR. Uh, I I would be totally uh, acceptable of, of running in there. It's, it's you know some place to sit down and enjoy the evening. It might be one of those restaurants where the parks are full to capacity. You can't get something anywhere else. If Nine Dragons is open, it's not terrible. Take it just for if you want to have the a day in the park. If you need a meal, take a little time to take a break. So you can't, because if, if you leave, you might not be able to come back because it's at capacity. Epcot probably is the one that's going to be the last one to close for capacity because of all of its square footage. But it is something to consider. Now, Dave and Jeff, I have a question for the both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, your review of the restaurant was, well, it's not bad. <laughs> Shouldn't we be shooting for something a little bit better than, well, it's not bad. I mean, technically, Domino's isn't <laughs> bad, but given the choice, I'm not going to Domino's. Exactly, and I think that that's why I said there are better restaurants to go to, and I think the reason why I kind of say it's not bad is because everybody does have, in most places, Chinese food is a very big part of American culture. Whereas in New York City, I have all sorts of restaurants around me. If I want Moroccan food, I can go three blocks away and get something that's I'll get I'll get that's Marrakesh quality. Whereas somebody in the someone in the Midwest might not necessarily have access to Moroccan food, so I would say, okay, we'll try something a little bit more exotic. But they will have at this point a Chinese restaurant. There will be in most cities an Italian restaurant there's not there's not really some places that might have French food or might not have a, a Scandinavian restaurant for instance so that's that's my point if it Chinese food is just so common that you know you're in the world showcase kind of try something outside of your com- comfort zone most people are somewhat familiar with Chinese food out of all the Asian countries Chinese food Chinese cuisine is the most uh, prevalent in the United States so more people are kind of just familiar with that and that's kind of one of the reasons why it makes it eh, alright it's basically like your typical Chinese takeout place okay, now I do have a confession that's why Okay. Um, you say Chinese food is ubiquitous throughout the United States. Gotta be honest, not a fan. Okay. But in the Buffalo area, it is readily available. Oh, yeah, there's right? probably four. You can't swing a dead cat around your head without hitting a Chinese restaurant. 
I'm not Perhaps that was a bad example. There are so many places I could go with that, but I'm going to take the high road and I'm going to let that one go. Well, we have a, a very large Asian population um, in, in Buffalo, okay. and especially with my proximity to the border, um, there, there's with China. Yeah, with with, uh, with China, it's it's great. Uh, with Canada, um, there's a lot of. Chinese restaurants that you know what I've just I've never found anything that I like I mean you know I, I I've tried the kung pao chicken because George likes his chicken sp- I no that that wasn't me huh. <laughs> well but in, in actuality and Seinfeld res- references start well yeah you know we couldn't make it uh, 30 minutes without a Seinfeld reference when we're talking about kung pao chicken <laughs> George likes his chicken spicy <laughs> But still, not a fan of Chinese food. Um, I've tried it. It's just not... It's not for me. Alright. I can accept that. To each his own. Why is he on tonight? (laughs) Cue the... uh, Cue the theme to different strokes. That's copywritten. And now that that's been said... Yes, this this is We we don't have the budget for that. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, we don't have the budget for that. So please accept (laughs) Dave singing the theme from different strokes. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but that's actually a pretty good segue. So now that we've kind of just talked about the China Pavilion uh, as much as it kind of deserves, aside from the fact that, by the way, there is one of the best values uh, in terms of snackage in the World Showcase at the Joy of Tea Cart in front of the China Pavilion, you can get a lucky combo for $10.50, which includes a curry pork bun two egg rolls either your choice of vegetable egg rolls or pork egg rolls and a drink oh and also a choice of ice cream caramel green tea ginger or uh, strawberry red bean it's probably one of the best values out there Pat found it when he was doing his uh, Epcot World Showcase snack crawl so I did end up getting a chance to uh, check check it out this past uh, few weeks ago when I went down for the marathon weekend, and it was quite tasty. So with that said, we are going to transition to another Chinese invention that we all enjoy while in Disney World. But before that, I am going to send a slap shot out to Chuck and Jeff. Oh, both of us. Chuck, yes. what is the best chicken dish that you have ever tasted in Walt Disney World? And I should actually mention that the reason why we're talking about chicken with the whole hey hey and chicken little thing is this is our Chinese New Year show and it is the year of the rooster according to the Chinese Zodiac, if I didn't mention that before. I don't know if I did or not. I probably did, but... Just to cover my bases. Okay, so you asked me what the best chicken dish that I have had was, correct? Yes, I, I did. I, I'm going to channel my inner Tim. And hang on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. The chicken and waffle sandwich. <laughs> huh. Don't mention the chicken and waffle sandwich. sandwich. It had to have come out. 
It, it did. There was no way I could not ask that question. I had to have it invoked some way. You did not disappoint, my friend. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what happened. It just felt like Tim took over my spirit, and I, I had no other option. <laughs> Am I correct in understanding that Tim Sweska is your spirit animal? I mean, yeah, we can go with that. Silverback. I like it. <laughs> nice. Imagine having that on your shoulder. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, back to that, Jeff. What about you? What is the most scrumptious... What is the most scrumdiddlyumptious meat meal involving chicken that you've experienced in Walt Disney World? So, of course, uh, Chuck's choice of the uh, spicy chicken and waffle um, at uh, Sleepy Hollow is amazing. Um, believe it or not, I think there's a couple of fried chicken options. Um and I'm going to go ahead and just call it a tie. Uh, but basically, uh, 50s primetime, Aunt Liz's fried chicken. And over at Olivia's Cafe, and that is the buttermilk battered fried chicken and Old Key West Resort. Those are both freaking amazing. I think Olivia's Cafe is probably one of the best kept secrets on Walt Disney property. Actually, the DVC holders are probably right now... <laughs> ready to wring my neck. I know uh, Joe is probably banging his head against the wall saying, why am I talking about this? Pat might be too. Uh, Kyle definitely is, but DVC people love Olivia's. It's a really good restaurant with really good prices, and not a lot of people know about it. I have made trips across property and rented cars just so I can have a chance of eating at Olivia's. One of the really nice things about it is when you walk in, they have pictures all over the wall of the original DVC contract owners. So it's kind of a very big family atmosphere. If any of you have never had the pleasure of experiencing it, definitely book yourself an AVR over there. Yeah, a lot of the locals uh, swear by it. It's just it's easy to get in, and like you said, it's very awesome home-cooked food speaking of good chicken i've only heard good things about art smith's homecoming chicken anyone tried it yet oh my god i didn't even think of that i have had it on three occasions i've ha gotten to uh, eat at uh, homecoming i've had a chicken salad mm -hmm. once i did um i did chicken sliders uh, two weeks ago when I had the pleasure of uh, spending uh, an evening at homecoming at the bar with both uh, Joe and your girlfriend, actually, because we were all down there for the, for the That's race. That's who kind of reminded me and, of, uh, our, of uh, homecoming. <laughs> and uh, a couple of another trip, I met a friend of mine, um, actually a local friend from my neighborhood who happened to be down there and was trying the restaurant. And we ordered the chicken and actually I wanted to say chicken and waffles, but it's actually the chicken and donuts. And their chicken is quite scrumptious. You should definitely give Homecoming a, tr a try if you haven't. Their deviled eggs are good. Their hush puppies, which I'm normally not a major fan of, 
they're very good. They have some really creative desserts that will get you drunk. Definitely something to uh, have on your radar for your next trip. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, and let's be honest. I did a quick search of chicken, just the, the search word chicken for Disney World. And I, it made me realize I've probably only had about 2% of the chicken dishes there. <laughs> so there, there's a whole heck of a lot of stuff that uh, is on the horizon for me, for sure. Well, l- let's be awesome. honest. The best part about the chicken is buffalo chicken wings. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you that one. Out of, out of anything that came out of buffalo, yes. Buffalo chicken wings are definitely the best. It's definitely not you. But well, that's no, no, it's, it's absolutely me. But we don't call them buffalo chicken wings up here. We just They're just wings, by the way. Call them wings? Uh, <laughs> it's Chinese wings. food in China? Yeah. It's just food. Yeah. In... <laughs> exactly. It's just food yeah. in China. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, let's just uh, switch gears. One of the things that we all enjoy at Walt Disney World is fireworks, which is a Chinese invention. So kind of wanted to talk to you guys about your favorite nighttime spectacular. One, why it's your favorite nighttime spectacular, and where is your favorite spot to watch it from? So with that in mind, I'm going to start with Jeff. Yes. Hopefully I steal one. Uh, I'm going to put a big smile on Kyle's face right now. Uh, Believe it or not, I just saw the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular for the first time and that is my new favorite uh, nighttime fireworks show because it is a projection show, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I mean, it just just seems like it captures so much. It definitely captures multiple movies, uh, spirit. So it doesn't just jump into one of the Star Wars movies. It kind of touches on all the eras. But uh, it's got a little bit of everything, a little lasers, little uh, you know pyrotechnics, and then fireworks. Um, but anyway, we just we just were huge Star Wars nuts, so it left a big smile on our face. And contrary, you know, to popular belief, this is one of those things where closer is definitely not better. You want to stand further back uh, along uh, Hollywood Boulevard um, and just kind of find your spot. Uh, it was easy for us to find a spot, so. But uh, that being said, I, I do have some short people in my family, so they kind of complained that they really couldn't see too well. So that's that's a little trade-off of the advantage of me being tall, I guess. Okay, so Jeff, we are on the same page as far as the show itself. It is phenomenal, and there's a reason why they call it a spectacular, because that is definitely what it is. As far as your location, I'm going to disagree with you. I got to experience it from an amazing location, and I kind of had a little bit of inside on this one. I had a friend who was a cast, who not was, who is a cast member, and he directed me to stand to the left of the theater in front of the trees, just beyond where they um, have all of the benches for like Men and Bill's Dockside Diner. And just outside of the area of the uh, reserved fireworks dessert party, ah. over there you get a clean you get a clean view yeah. of the you get a clean view of the of the Chinese theater. Most people are on Hollywood Boulevard because they think they need to be back more for the fireworks. You get a perfect view of all the fireworks going off, and you get this unobstructed view of the theater, and you get to see all of the 
projections basically in a panoramic way. So any of you who are planning a trip over to Disney World soon and that show is on your radar, definitely consider standing to the left of the theater. I had a um, colleague that I teach with that went Christmas week. I thought he was nuts for doing it, but uh, he wanted to experience all of the Disney stuff. And Sorry, he wanted to experience all the Star Wars stuff so I sent him over that way, and he said it was perfect. So nice. definitely consider that area. Yeah, it sounds good. Excellent. Steven, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the nighttime spectaculars are, are great. I mean, you get Wishes, that's got the music. You get uh, Epcot with, uh, you know what? It's just right Illuminations. Illuminations. Illuminations, that's the one. That's it. That's what happens when you're doing it at 2 o'clock in the morning. But Fantasmic is definitely my favourite. I mean, it's got everything. You know, it's got characters, it's got fireworks, it's got effects. And, and then it, it's just got a storyline to it. And it's usually the, the one thing that we do at the end of the holiday is we, we plan it so that we go to Disney Studios on the last day so we can take in Fantasmic and... Every time it comes to the end, the tears are tripping me. You know, it's just so emotional just at the end of the night. And queuing up for it, just, I mean, it's not one of these things where it's usually the first showing we go to uh, because the second showing is just queued right out the back. But you just walk up and, and you try and get to the, the middle part of the, the auditorium that you can get just so that you can take in everything, especially with the boat coming at the end when all the characters are waving at you and you get Steamboat Willie driving the boat. It's just so, so good and I'm almost filling up just thinking about it just now. Stephen, since we're running a little bit late, I'm actually not going to go and the reason why I'm not going to go is because you took mine and I am in 100% agreement with you here. You get to see all of the Disney characters that you grew up with and love the story is timeless, good triumphing over evil. I kind of like to uh, sit right in the center, right up front actually. I kind of like to actually get sprayed a little <laughs> bit with the water screens because I'm in Florida. Most of the time it's going to be quite, quite warm, quite humid. The spray is actually a bit refreshing at times. Uh, granted, if it's a rainy day because you do have those Florida storms, if you had to negotiate your way through those... It might not be as convenient, but I like to kind of just be right up front. The spectacle, the pageantry of it, it just always brings a smile to my face. Any of you guys have comments on Fantasmic? I think it's great. No, it's just, it's phenomenal for sure. Um, we, you know, we, we sat up front with you, Dave, that one time and uh, I got some of the... Oh, yeah. You know, I do have a telescopic zoom, but still, I got some of the most phenomenal photography, uh, photographic pictures of the characters sitting up front, too. You know, I forgot you with me for that trip, but yes, that was probably one of the most enjoyable uh, times I've seen it. I will say one thing, though, being both a Disney World guy and a Disneyland guy, I do appreciate the Disneyland version of Fantasmic a lot more than the Disney World. That's actually something that we'll discuss on a show where we compare the two uh, parks and what they offer. But instead of the Pocahontas scene, they have this spectacular Peter Pan 
scene that just really is not to be missed. And I heard somebody one time describe Phantasmic in California as a Broadway show and the Phantasmic in Florida as a high school drama club's version of a Broadway show. And I think they kind of hit it on the head with that. No, no, you're right. In the case... You're absolutely right. In the case of Phantasmic, California does definitely do it better. So, uh, hot topic. uh, I heard they're not bringing... You know, I love. I know you're talking about the, the scene where the uh, Columbia uh, goes by sailing ship Columbia. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it, it, you know they got uh, stunt stunt people uh, performers uh, swinging around and doing some fighting, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I heard that it's not coming back. So there's a lot of Californians that are really ticked off right now. The the actual Fantasmic show or that scene? That scene. The Colombian, the Columbia, uh, in the scene. Okay, that's just unfortunate. That kind of made the show right there. If, if that's the case, honestly, then, know. you know, if you see it in Florida or you see it in... If you see it in Florida or you see it in California, it, there, there's no there's no difference anyway then yeah. at, at that point. So, you know, but maybe they might, if they do change it, they might actually have something just as spectacular. Oh, Time yeah. will tell with that. Yeah. yeah. And Chuck, what about you? Well... I have uh, an, an answer that uh, I can go with. But I also have a second answer. Uh, an honorable mention, if you were, Will. Well, I knew you were going to cheat. Well, it's not cheating. It's creatively bending the rules. Um, for not, it's a chuck. It's a chuck. For an honorable mention, I, uh, I'm i going to go with Hollow Wishes. It's one of the best nighttime spectaculars in the parks. Um, the only issue that I have is that it's run seasonally. So based on that, my year-round pick is Illuminations. Yeah, the middle part tends to uh, drone on a little bit, and it uh, there's there's technical difficulty sometimes when the globe doesn't open. But it's got everything that the Star Wars show has with lasers, with fireworks, with outstanding music. Plus, it has a huge lagoon that you can view the entire show from and get a different angle. No, depending on the country that you're in, you're going to see different parts of the show that you wouldn't see in America when you're in France, when you're in International Gateway, when you're in Mexico, when you're in Norway. Um, and really, I think that's where the, the best show on Disney property is. Now, I know that's coming to its end of life. Um, it's been around for what? What year is it? 18 years, 17 years, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, it was a millennium show. Yeah. So... so I guess 1999 they started. Yeah, so, you know, I know it's coming to the end of life. Maybe a little earlier than that. It's coming to its end of life, but for right now, I still... It's not really a complete trip if I don't see Illuminations. Okay, and where is your favorite place to view it from? You know, that's that's a difficult question because, like I said, there are so many different vantage points that you can get around the world. Um, world showcase I would say right now it would probably be on the bridge by International Gateway in between France um, and the UK it's actually above where the dessert party boats dock and by dock I mean they tie themselves to each other so no one floats away Um, but it's a fantastic view and you're right by International Gateway to get out and go to Beaches and Cream and get yourself some ice cream afterwards 
Why did you have to say that? Because I'm totally in agreement with you again. I need to be able to use the phrase Chuck is wrong. I love watching it from there. I actually call that spot Channel Bridge yeah. because it's between... I could see it. Yeah, it's between uh, the UK and France, so the channel connects the two of them, so that's Channel Bridge for me. And before we end, I kind of feel that we have to give a little bit of love to Wishes out there since nobody really said it. I'm sure if Pat was on, he would definitely have mentioned Wishes. He was feeling ill tonight, so he had to kind of cancel last minute for the... So we kind of wish him a speedy recovery at the moment. But just kind of uh, expanding on Wishes. Gentlemen, where is your favorite place to watch Wishes from? Well, I've done a dessert party as well, so that's quite a good place to watch it. But slap bang right in the middle of the... Just outside Space Mountain. I've also watched it there. And it's... Inside of Space Mountain? Just outside Space Mountain. Just by Buzz Lightyear. Just outside. Also okay, watched it so, there. Oh, and it's okay. a different aspect to actually watching it in front of the castle. It is. Okay. All right. Uh, Chuck, what now, about I you? have a couple of different answers here. It depends on what we're seeing. If it's Hollow Wishes, um, in the center of the hub, but down a little bit. Um, so To the left or the right? Straight back. Okay. Um, the reason for that is you get the... the front-facing fireworks, and you can ease, more easily see excuse me, the 360 fireworks. Um, Which are actually just 180 or, yeah, I'm fireworks. Yeah, the 180 fireworks. Yeah. Um, where if you're too far down Main Street, the buildings actually block that. Now, if it's regular wishes, uh, I'm going to go with the center row, so center row, so parallel with the Walt statue, off to the left towards um, Adventureland, right kind of in front okay. of... Uh, the pathway to Crystal Palace. Like, Crystal Palace will be directly okay. behind you, but you have an offset view okay. of the fireworks, so the castle isn't actually going to block anything. Now, if you can do it, I would also recommend Big Thunder Mountain during Wishes. Okay, I can see that. I've always wanted to uh, ride uh, Splash Mountain during Wishes. Haven't done Splash Mountain. I've never once. been able to... T- yeah, I've never been able to time it during. I mean, you're only gonna get a small, a small view, uh, glimpse of it. But I've, I've been on the Tomorrowland Transit Authority during Wishes, and you kind of get a really mm-hmm. nice uh, view of Wishes while you're kind of just sauntering around. Kind of maybe drive a little bit slowly at that time. I know you're probably gonna annoy some people behind you, but sometimes in life you gotta stop and smell the fireworks. And Jeff, what about you? So whenever they expanded the hub, you know, <clears throat> it was a it was a well needed uh, expansion. We all know that it's crowd control. But when they in- incorporated that new fast pass area in there, I w- I was the biggest uh, uh, counter argument to that. I just thought it was silly to get a fast pass for something you can just look straight up and watch. That being said, we actually partaked of it uh, once, and that is probably my favorite. Uh, experience watching wishes and uh, that nice fake grass on a long after the end of a long hot day, you can just kind of sprawl out on it. It was it was superb. May I ask what made you actually go for fast pass for that? Uh, just it's one of those completest things. Um, we we'd already um, I've heard a couple of people say positive things about it, but I wanted to experience it for myself. Um, 
that you know i don't know if i'm gonna ever use another fast pass doing that but that's that was just a great experience plus while everybody's like climbing over each other to leave it is so nice to just lay you can literally just sprawl out and nobody <laughs> and just hang out there um laying down in fact it was nice that makes a lot of sense um, yeah. jeff i don't believe you could ever use a fast pass for that again as i pretty sure that they took that off the option list I don't doubt it. It was. It, it's just too good to be I true. I think they took it off during the last time I was. Well, not the last time. Last April, um, the trip that I met up with, you know, Jeff and Dave and um, Kyle. I that Kyle. yeah, I, I got his name. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably part of a dessert option now. I wouldn't doubt. Well, no, they still have the dessert party. Option, they'll sell you that. Yeah, they still have the dessert party, which is at. Uh, Oh, the noodle place. Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Terrace. Yeah, Tomorrowland Terrace. Oh, okay. The noodles. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah. It it's not worth that money, but uh, there's no more free lunch, as it were, when it comes to that fast pass. <laughs> free dessert. Gotcha. No, no free dessert. All right, gentlemen, and before we end for the evening, I want to throw out one more slap shot to all of you in honor of the Year of the Rooster. I'm going to ask each of you, is there any attraction in Walt Disney World that you are too chicken to ride? Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna sp- uh, curveball this one and say I'm too chicken to volunteer for the Indiana Jones stunt show. Okay. Fair enough. And Stephen and Chuck. Not too chicken to do, but it's something I don't like doing, and that's carousels. So, Prince Charming Regal, Regal Carousel is something I wouldn't choose to do. I think they're going round and round and up and down at the same time. It just doesn't agree with me. I've done so many other the things and so many other right rides there. and coasters, but that is the one thing that I would not choose to do. Okay, the irony there is that you won't do Prince Charming Regal Carousel, but your favorite ride in all of the resorts <laughs> is the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I could do go that figure. 24 hours a day. Honestly, I could go <laughs> up and down that every single day. But sticking nice. in a carousel, I went, no. I might turn my unfavorite color I think we might need another feet. snippet of the different strokes theme here, but it is copyrighted, so Chuck, finish this off. Um, it, it's not one that I'm necessarily too chicken to do because I've done it. Uh, Kali River Rapids, it would have to be a cold day in hell for me to go back on that one again. Um, each time that I was on that ride, I was the person that got soaked. And uh, I was none too happy by the second consecutive time that that had happened. And then it started to rain. So all hope was lost. A cold day in hell before you ride it. So I guess you're going to ride it with me the next time I see you because it's always cold in Buffalo. Oh! I don't know if that one actually made sense, Dave. I think you may have stretched a little bit too much for that. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. And for me, I've talked about it in our Disney Don't Show, but I have a fear of heights. There is absolutely no way that I will do Summit Plummet. I just, I can't bring myself to do it. I 
I'll do any roller coaster with a height because I'm strapped in. I know it's a control drop, but that one, I know Disney's going to keep me safe, but it, it's just, I draw the line there. There's absolutely no way you'll ever get me on. It's nothing to do with the wedgie at the bottom, no. <laughs> that, that too, but... It's still a control to drop. To be able to... Ex- well... Yeah, I know it's it's a it's a psychological thing. It just is what it is. On it's that. a great ride. I uh, I strongly recommend Summit Plummet. Heather would disagree with me. You know what? Maybe, maybe if I have an opportunity to spend some more time with you guys in the parks, maybe I'll end up uh, growing a pair and trying it one time. If I have some uh, support from you guys, but time or will we'll tell. give you a glass of warm with milk. that. Mm, whatever. <laughs> With that, ladies and ladies, with that, gentlemen, let's tell everybody where we can be found on the interwebs. Chuck, where are you? I am on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the Chat. Steven, what about you? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at SJM Disney and Stephen James Maxwell on Facebook. And what about you, Jeffrey? Uh, you can catch me at uh, BrainDud92 on Twitter. And with that, you can find me at Dave Koch on Facebook, at Figments Reality on Twitter, and on Instagram at Asteridge, A-S-T-O-R-R-I-D-G-E. And you can find the Mickey Dudes, and you can find the Mickey Dudes on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes, and make sure you stop by themickeydudes.com for original blog work done by our Mickey Dude commentators. And ladies and gentlemen, I would love to end this show with the original Chinese greeting, but when I looked it up on Google, I wasn't sure of the pronunciation and I don't want to do it an injustice. So I will say enjoy the year of the rooster. Have a magical day, everybody. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes rule the world. Yes, it does. It takes. Different strokes rule the world. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's the way to end the show.